You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Podcast. This is episode number 111 of East Central and Welcome to the, yeah, it's episode 111, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Morrill, and I'm joined by co-host Dakota Davis and uh, two randoms here, I guess. Today's episode features our featured guest, Sean Rao, and then uh, uh, Mason. And- <laughs> yep, that's about it. has been the punching bag all day. Mason Roddinghouse, the Purdue University student. Yes, today we are going to be talking about uh, universities and colleges and how they get priced and where your tuition money goes. Then we will also be talking about Elizabeth Warren and her plan for student loan forgiveness. Um, so we have Sean over here who went through all kinds of school because he's a lawyer. And then we have a current college student here to uh, talk about the issue of college with us. And then at the very end of the show, in like four hours, we are going to discuss the city of Newcastle and Mayor Greg York giving an update on the 1400 Plaza. So this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we will provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. But hopefully you always learn something new. This promises to be the longest episode we've ever had. We brought two pages of show notes and a four pa- and a four page addendum. Yes. This is going to be a train wreck of train wrecks, Dakota. I don't think so. Uh, and, and the best part I'm, is everybody's going, I didn't read the show notes. I have no idea what yeah, they nope. say. I'm, I'm confident in our two guests. Uh, neither one of them are like uh, Travis Wyke and are <laughs> going to just uh, go through every single bullet point and make it a 30-minute talking point. So hopefully we get through it in a reasonable amount of time. But there's a lot to unpack with colleges uh, because if you're going to talk about student loan forgiveness, you have to talk about, well, why are we taking out loans? Because it's expensive. Well, why is it expensive, and how did it get that way? So there's just there's so much. There's a a page and three quarters of actual show notes that I wrote, and there was so much more I could have put down. It's uh yeah, it, it, we're gonna tackle all of college education and the funding in you know, in thirty minutes, and you're gonna know everything you need to know. I really think that if uh, our congressman listens to this, Greg Pence, he will come up with some sort of resolution to deliver to the House, and uh, it could possibly be signed into law because of us. I, I think that this so, show is that extensive. I would have worn a suit if I knew it was going to be that serious. <laughs> this is why I wore the suit. <laughs> I just came here for work. Sean's trying to get noticed. Yeah. So uh, real quick reintroductions. Uh, everybody that's here has been on the program before. But Sean, this is your third time on the program. Trifecta. Trifecta. You are uh, you're going towards we need a bio on the website status at this right. point. I'm, I'm uh, chief legal uh, counsel for the boss hog. <laughs> Only very, because you have good taste in beer. That's right. It's true. And you're the only one the, that will talk to us. That gets the, my foot in the door in most places with <laughs> most people. Is beer still allowed? That was the, that like was the, a, all yeah. you wanted to know this morning was, Hey, is, is beer still allowed on the show? <laughs> I just don't want to get banned. Like I've, I heard you guys have the band hammer on, on a mm-hmm. few people. Well, if you, chase came back, so chase, chase got the band hammer off of him. So yeah. he, it was lifted and he was able to come back with Eric Schonsberg and, uh, he didn't. He didn't say any more curse words. So he we're going to let him come back again. 
He did show up. If you listen to last week's Patreon portion of the show, Chase showed up with a old rotten banana oh, exciting. <laughs> mm-hmm. as a as a gift. And then the gift kept giving because he, it was he, still on the table yeah. when I came back in today. He, he, let, he didn't take it with him. It was rotting Fragrant. a week ago, and it only got better with time. <laughs> Fragrant. Yeah. It's a very good banana for banana bread. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess uh, I guess we probably should go dig it out of the trash and let, yep. your, let your bride cook up some That is something bread. that we could maybe fix up for the Patreon people. Um, <laughs> banana bread? Yeah, banana bread. <laughs> but for now, we're just going to thank the people that are $50 and up. And you guys are the lifeblood of the show. And you everything you do, we greatly appreciate. So thank you to Christopher Bilbrey of Perception is Reality in Winchester, Indiana. Brantley Spicer. Christy Avery, Jonathan Phillips, and Craig DaCosta. Brantley Spicer is also running for city council in uh, Muncie. Ward so, 3. Yep. The si- no, District no, 3. District 3. They have districts up there. I, I feel like if, if you're going to support uh, Chris Bilbrey and his business, you need to mention the rest of them. Brant's selling insurance now up in Muncie. So if you, yeah, want, if you want the Allstate insurance, go uh, go hit him up. I was, I was Christy going to Avery say offers to, parking. to donate to Brant's. Or, or you can do that. Pay. Christy Avery offers, offers parking in Fort Wayne. The best parking John, there is. John Phillips down at the uh, Andy Andy Moore Buick GMC and Fishers, and Craig DeCosta, the other attorney to Ooh. the stars. Oh, yeah. excellent! But he's he's in, he's in Hawaii, he's so in you Hawaii. just go oh. you just go visit him on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> if he's on vacation and in need, <laughs> I'll know who to call. He's the one that you call whenever you get a DUI in Hawaii. Some, too many mai tais and <laughs> pina coladas. That's it. I drove right off the island. Call Craig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you don't want to support the show on Patreon, but you want to help uh, help us out a little bit, then there are a couple ways you can do that. You can do that by fulfilling our wishes of new equipment and the upgrades that we need around this place to make it even better. Uh, you can find all of those on the Amazon wish list. Just search Boss Hog of Liberty on Amazon. Uh, we also have some merchandise stores on tchip.com, and it's slash bhol1, bhol2, bhol3. And then we also slash all the numbers. Yes. Just one through three for now until I add more. <laughs> and you, we also have the GoFundMe page set up and the GoFundMe is set up so that we can upgrade our camera equipment. And, uh, that's just going to help us take it. It's just going to take us to the next level. It'll solve the problem we had last week of, uh, yeah. of the front end of the video being a mess. Yep. We That'll never the- happen again. I might get it uploaded to YouTube in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we live in Mevo's world. All right, so Mason, you're you're here. You're a college student. You've just completed mm-hmm. your first year at the Purdue University. The Purdue University, and not uh, so much about it. How did uh, how, how's how's this, the the life going up there? Did you did they say, hey, you are a great student? It's completely free, no loans. You're good to go. Yeah, that's not how it goes. That's not uh, how it worked out. Didn't work out like that at all. So you have you're going to have some firsthand experience with some of the stuff we're going to talk about. A little bit. All right. You on track to amass like $250,000? Oh, no, not that much. Not that much at all. <laughs> but I mean, it's going to be a significant amount. So we'll be there. Well, we've got some info. The uh, Purdue is Purdue's the school that I kind of identified. As we get into this, we'll get, to, we'll get to talk about it a little bit. But Purdue University has done some things to control tuition and to, yeah. to try to create different opportunities. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. So Dakota, you have provided the guide. You did the uh, the legwork, and you are going to lead us through the outline. <clears throat> I'm going to do my best. I, I'll I'll do my best. Everybody, just uh, make a train behind me. I'll be the <laughs> line leader. <laughs> so the the first thing I that like, I feel like that needs some music. To, uh, 
<laughs> our producer's slacking. But <laughs> oh, I just he's, got he's a He's looking. He's, Ooh. he's <laughs> working over there. It's gonna be. I guarantee that he's gonna click a button, and it's either gonna blow your combine. Turn your volume down now. Second of all, wait for the ad. <laughs> it'll, be a, it'll be a YouTube ad, and, and and you're gonna blow your ears off. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is how how college pricing works. Where where how did we get to the point where colleges cost so much money? Why does it cost? Mason so much money to go to Purdue University, which is actually significantly less than a lot of the other large universities around the nation uh, because of Mitch Daniels up there. And we'll get more into that in a little bit. But uh, basically I, I, I went through like four uh, links. I, I, I used a lot of different sites for this. So if you are a Patreon member and you're like, there's no links to click on in the show notes. It's because there's too just there's <laughs> too many. There's so many links for like every single one of these bullet points. Uh, but basically, what it boils down to is there was a a lot of people in government, and uh, they they thought, hey, we need to work harder to make college and higher education more available to every American. Every that's your trains. Ah. That's not a song. That's just the rumble of a train. Thought, if we I opened thought the door, was... we'd hear that rolling through over here. You didn't ask for songs. You said, I want to hear trains. I hear the train coming. All right. I was going 70s disco party music is what I thought was coming. Yeah. I was. Soul I was. Train? Yeah. I was, okay. yeah I, was, I was thinking, all aboard, baby. Bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. So it's we a... were all on different pages. <laughs> I'm thinking of an actual train. Mason, uh. Somebody's like, hey, I need some train music. What what are you giving us, <laughs> Mr. Frat Boy? I'm thinking something you're going to listen to on the train, not like just like some trains in the background. Well, is, is train music similar to like elevator music? I'd say something like that. Hopefully, Depends on what kind of train It's just Frank Sinatra. More like a, Kenny G. Like <laughs> Kenny G. Yeah, just some clarinet back there. Kenny G is a sex film player. We'll forgive you. You're not actually graduated from college yet, so there's no reason you should know that. He's You're not so, old. He's so much younger than you. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm the oldest okay. person in this room, and I just realized it. <laughs> That's just sad. 30 years on me. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, hey, Dad. The uh, Well, that's actually close to being... <laughs> there, were, there were a lot of things that really revolutionized uh, the American collegiate level of education um a lot of very significant turning points i think one of the earliest turning points that we have like on record that we that we can tell made huge leaps and bounds in the amount of people that were going to college was actually the um the gi bill which was signed into law in 1944 and by 1947 just under 50% of americans that were attending college and university were recipients of the GI Bill. So it that dramatically changed the amount of people that were attending college uh, compared to the hundreds of years before that where it was just a very affluent white male culture on colleges all across the nation. And now the people who are coming in from fields of battle could go to college and, and learn. And there were thousands of men and women that were educated because of that. And what ha- what's happened is you have basically an almost endless supply of revenue available. So it's not 
market driven. So to say that, well, college is too expensive, so I can't do it because you've got people that just have a voucher for free education. So it's good mm-hmm. for whatever you want it to be. Uh, if you're talking about the GI bill at that time, or eventually the next, the next step that came along is that you had government backed student loans right. that allowed Mason, who's not credit worthy in any way yeah. to go sign up for, I don't know, twenty twenty five thousand $25,000 a year in federal s- student loans, federal and private student loans. If you wanted to do it, yep. I would assume. And we, we've this, not talked about the financials. I just, I just did a little bit of brief. How much is it? What's the most you ever spent at Aldi or whatever, or Walmart? And you're like, I oh, 80 bucks. <laughs> so or, that wasn't true. That was, uh, we bought some groceries once you bought, you bought $300 with the groceries one time, right? <laughs> once. So before, a lot of wrong, uh, whenever we, the government first started handing out, um, federally subsidized student loans, it, they weren't even covering the full cost of your education, even though college back then might've cost you $2,000 a year for Purdue University or something. I don't know how much Purdue actually charged in the in the late 60s and early 70s, but that's it they didn't even cover the entire amount. Like you yep. were still on the hook for like a thousand bucks, which could you imagine going you right now that you're like, "Man, I got to pay $1,000 to to get uh, through the the rest of the year at college." Like you would be like, I got to pay a thousand bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, we could talk about how, how you piece it together. And I think, I think when we get to the end of this story, there are options and ways you can get through without, without having to take this debt on. But back in my day, uh, which I know has been 15 years since I started college, but Ivy tech was 1500 bucks a semester. Like it was, it was about $300 a class. You could work and make it happen and get your first two years. Uh, it's all about the decisions you make. Right. But there's this weird thing that we have in our culture right now where it's like 18-year-olds are expected to know exactly what they want to do for the rest of their entire adult lives. And you are going to be shouldered with $100,000 of debt on a, for a decision that you made at the age of 18. You can and, end up being something stupid like an attorney. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or worse, a philosopher. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to school for. Yeah. So, I, I feel wow. like, think about so, that at Hanover. I, I, no, Taylor. <laughs> yeah, no. I feel like philosophy. I feel like philosophy and like uh, psychology four year degrees. Those are the degrees that you get whenever you sign up for college and you just don't really know what you want to do. But you're like, philosophy is pretty interesting. The philosophy is really hard work, though. And that people, people think that it's, it's hard to find work as a stand-up philosopher. It is hard, <laughs> but it, it's challenging academic work too. And it, it prepares you for a lot of, a lot of people go out of that and become attorneys for that reason, because there's a lot of writing and a lot of, uh, analytical thinking that's required for, for sure, uh, for a position like that. So there's something to it, but, um, it's certainly not something where there's a philosophy store and I go work on philosophy. If you got, <laughs> seriously, no matter what you're doing right now, driving your car, I don't care. I want you to send me an email right now, jeremiah at ballsoccerofliberty.com. If you got my stand-up philosopher joke, I, I, I want an email. I didn't know. It went over my head. You, it, it went over, over yours, head. too? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Anybody? Anybody in the room? Nobody. Bueller. He's so old. Mel Brooks. It was Mel Brooks, <laughs> History of the World. I should know. I, should I, know I, that. I thought yeah. I was going to connect I with Sean on that, that one. That's my bad. God dang I it. it. Really? Uh, I mean, like. Somebody, I didn't get it. Somebody, I but, somebody's gonna email me and say yes, I got that. But you now, and I are probably the only two that's actually seen that movie. So, yeah, I've never seen it. <laughs> but now, now what has happened with uh, with the business of student loans is like 
It's very similar to the meme that I posted on the Ball Soccer Liberty page today before the show, and it's uh, a scene from Fairly Odd Parents, and it's Timmy Turner selling lemonade at a lemonade stand. Kid comes up, and the sign says 25 cents, lemonade 25 cents. And the kid goes, oh, look, that's perfect. I have a federal loan for 25 cents. And then Timmy Turner goes, oh, wait, and then goes and replaces a sign, and it says 40 cents. And that's been happening for decades now. The goalpost so, moves and moves and moves. You can get um, federal student loans. I think this is per a per semester. There were a lot of different figures I looked at. So I think this is at per semester. It'd be $31,500. $31, uh, I'm not sure that could be yearly. I actually think that's over four years. You can only yeah. pull out. Was it? There are different I programs. Think it's, yeah. I think it's... It, 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 that's the federally guaranteed. Yeah. You, you run to a certain uh, oh. point as an individual where you can get that much in mm-hmm. student lo- in federal student loans, and then you can go to the unsecured market, and then you can also go to the right, next right, right, level right. of parent plus. So when you've extended every nickel that you can borrow, yep. Mason, then it becomes mom and dad's job when you get into that third or fourth year of school and – Damn it, we got to get him through. He's got to finish, or else it's just an giant, enormous waste of time. Now, mom and dad have to sign up for the parent plus loans, where you each, they basically co sign for you, and maybe you each do half. Yeah. So, like for the first year, I think it's a guaranteed $5,500. And after, like they say, oh, you're going to go back to school, they'll give you a little bit more each each time, and eventually adds up to, I think, around there. Um, It's, I mean, I can't say anything. I pull them out. So it's, it, I think it's a little bit of a small amount, 31,000. I mean, in no way, shape, or form do I like loans, um, especially student loans, but we all need to get that insane amount from somewhere to pay for it. So do you, so let's, let's talk about this as a student going in. Did you sit down with a guidance counselor or your mom and dad or go to something on campus and say, Hey, this is your, these are your options for what to do, or is it just uh, fill these forms out and, and find, uh, find a way to cobble we together? We really sat down with uh, an advisor from, I think it's Invest Ed from Indiana. Um, and originally I wasn't going to Purdue, I was going to Butler. And, you know, Purdue is an in state school. And in state, it's better in football. Yeah, I, you can say that. Um, well, it's also a third of the cost of Butler because it's in state. for a year because it's a state college. And I really said, though Butler gave a lot of assistance, it didn't come down to Purdue. This year at Purdue, I paid, I believe, $2,400. Like with the $5,500 loan, I paid $2,400 out of that $55. Like if I wouldn't have pulled the loan, that's how much out of pocket I would have paid for the year. $2,400. $2,400. Because you you had scholarships. I or, had one some... one-time scholarship through the Community Foundation, but also Purdue does this really cool thing now. They introduced it this last year. It's called the Boiler Affordability Grant. And if you live in a household that makes less than $70,000, based off that, you know, you give your FAFSA and everything and your financial aid eligibility, and they give you so much off that. And whatever scholarship you bring in, they also, it fluctuates because I started out with like $11,000 in that affordability grant. So that's half of total costs for Purdue because it's like 22600 something like that. And I got an $8,000 scholarship through the community foundation. 
And based off that, they changed how much I got in that affordability grant. Because if they would have kept it the same before that scholarship, you was, would have had money towards. I would have had right? money towards next year. But then they took some away out of that grant, and then I ended up owing money to the university to go for the year. Yep. <laughs> it's complicated. It, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's that's what I was talking about. There's so much to unpack whenever you're talking about uh, college and pricing and how it got this way. I I spent like the last few days. Uh, I usually listen to podcasts while I'm driving around for work, and this time I just had YouTube videos about college education playing in the background. I listened to like Dave Ramsey talk about college education, and he gave like his was like uh, something like seventy five minutes. And there was so much in that, and I was like, I wish I could just like retain all of this and then spit it out verbatim. So the decisions, on Wednesday. <laughs> the decisions that you make now decide how long you're going to be paying student loans for though. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. you can make, you know, your housing choice, right? You, when you, when you applied for housing at Purdue, you had to say, Hey, I want to be in the fancy air conditioned. I don't want to have a roommate dorm or I want to be in whatever the cheapest thing is you have available. Absolutely. And it's a and, few thousand dollars a year And they, and they don't different. show you the prices. They don't show you the prices of housing. It's just you put them, rank them in order from like apartment or single with AC, double with AC, um, and a couple other. Surely that's on Reddit. AC. you got to be able to do your legwork and figure that out, right? I'm not wasting my time. I'm just going to apply. <laughs> it's only a $4,000 um, <laughs> conversation. Um, well, I'm not wasting my but, time. Why should he be the one to decode all this? Why shouldn't <laughs> right. this yeah. be? Up Why isn't there pricing? an upfront price? Right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. They don't show you the prices. So I mean, you can go on their website and see like the rooming contracts and things like that. And that's for every university. And I wasn't wasting my like I. I'm going to school. It doesn't matter. I'm just going to school. So I was like, apartment with AC. And I mean, I only paid. I think it was twenty four hundred dollars for rooming. Like basically, and with everything coming through, and then. Board, right? Room and board. So board. board board being the food. Yeah. You have a food plan to pick, right? Well, yeah, you know, I picked and, that unlimited. It, it depends like, on how many <laughs> breakfasts you require. I picked that unlimited. He's like, you know I picked the unlimited. I, I got right? that unlimited I with that the fresh, extra cast. I want that freshman 40. <laughs> it's like, it was like, I could just, I, it was like a universal pass. It's like, that's, but that's a, that's a similar theme on a lot of different college campuses. It's like a cable company. They're like, um, it's, your bill's going to be this much with just internet. But for only $5 more a month, you can get our basic cable package. You're 30 channels. But along with the basic cable package, we have to sell you the landline too. But if you pay $10 more than that, then you can get more channels on your television and long distance calls on your landline. And you're like, what what even is all this? There's a lot to decipher, but you're talking about thousands of dollars being made a thousand dollar decisions being made and they're not even telling you the price now i'll tell you this i think <laughs> i'm going to be honest i swear the play that where they get you in college is the is the meal plans i swear i mean trust me i ate my fair share <laughs> i ate so much Purdue's got pretty food. good food though. oh it was yes, qu- they do. quality and um, they have their own on-site slaughterhouse. The beef has got to be phenomenal. It's the butcher block, the boiler butcher block. <laughs> it's it's great. For, I toured it. It's a brand new building. It's it's. Nice. I went into the kill room. It was great. And um, I think the unlimited the meal plan I had was six thousand dollars. Now, if I ate, I didn't eat six because you know they get that food dirt cheap. <laughs> like they get 
a thousand. Yeah, it just comes in from Gordon Food Service. Exactly. Yeah. It's like it's. I mean, they pay so much less than I paid. I literally, I think for six thousand dollars, I could have kept. Like that paid for the whole entire food. I swear for that whole entire dining court for the year. Like that's over. That's over exaggerating. But I mean, like six thousand dollars is probably like not much compared to how much comes in each kid depending on their meal plan, you know, and how much they buy in food for the dining halls. So the other tricky thing, I don't know if you know this about Purdue or if they talked about this with you, but you can get through a a four-year school in less than four years at Purdue. Basically, you are, Mm -hmm. you don't get charged per credit hour at some Mm -hmm. universities. Like when Ivy Tech and Indiana Wesleyan, the schools I attended, it's so much money per credit hour. Yep. At Purdue, you pay per semester. Per semester. So that's another opportunity for for people to to zip through quicker or save yeah. some money. Yeah, yeah. I'm just not that smart. So <laughs> you're in an incredibly difficult <laughs> program. You're a pharmacy we're, student. We're we'll get through it uh, as long as it takes. We'll get we'll get there. We'll get through it. Uh, <laughs> I'm on the I'm going to graduate eventually program. We're I'm working on that six year degree. What it, it, <clears throat> it takes it, over fifty over half of American college students. It takes longer than four years to get their four year. Absolutely, degree. I actually just saw a tweet today. It was ironic. It said just finished my two year associate's degree in seven years, and Listen, I was like. Okay. Okay. I'm still working on my associate's degree from it, it, whenever I was 18, too. So I don't think that's a problem. It's just it's going to become a problem when you're paying all this money right here. That's it. I Sean, mean, Sean, you're in your mid 30s now. Yes. How familiar does this sound to your your college experience? Personally, um, I did not have to pay for tuition because my uh, I had a parent that was a employee of the university, but I did play, pay for room and board. Did want to have the campus experience. Um, so when I walk away from that, it's not really that substantial, but then when you pile on, you know, a couple of years of graduate school and yep. uh, three years of law school, um, even working through a lot of those things, uh, it can, it can pile up quickly. Total non sequitur. Yes. When you went to uh, Taylor, t- mm-hmm. Tyler, Tyler, uh, <laughs> was that the, the bus accident? Was that after you were, you were already out the, the, on I, yeah, I was, I was there. Still? Yeah. yeah, I was there and I knew a couple of people on the. Yeah. Well, that's a way to bring down yeah. the bring down the show. Wow, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. We weren't We were having such I, a joyous a, discussion <laughs> about such a joyous. So, so then there was this time all Sean's friends died in the interstate. <laughs> a few acquaintances, but uh very very nice people and uh, yeah. yeah, it was it was a tough time to be on campus yeah. at the time and I can <laughs> imagine. Uh, I just I literally yeah. just did the math going, man, I was, was like I remember was, how old I was at the time and it makes sense. That was yeah. junior year, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, you can all Google that. It was before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 the issue I think um, that the the, inf- uh, the inflation adjusted tuition tripling over the last thirty years. I mean, there's like just such a just such a uh, a quick uptick in the cost of loans um, that it doesn't really it's not really justified by anything other than. Uh, colleges want more and, and the spigots are open and they're going to get the money. Well, um, we, we have this, we've got this culture now in the, it, throughout the entire United States that you're in high school and every single teacher that you have mm-hmm. from the time that you're even in fifth grade is telling you, you have you, to go. Once you get out of high school, then you got four more years of college. And it's not even a question. You're going to college. And, 
I, I, whenever I was in high school and I was looking at colleges, went on a couple of different campus tours, actually enrolled and went to orientation mm-hmm. at Indiana, IU East, um, my senior year. You were just following your girlfriend. We all know that. Yeah. No, she was going to a uh, university of Indianapolis at that time. Anyway. <laughs> so then I'm like, you know what? I really have no idea what I want to do with my life. So I was going to be uh, I was going to be taking a lot of philosophy classes and psychology classes, just like I talked about sure, earlier. Sure. And I'm like, what do I what do I want to do? And I'm looking at all these different careers, and I bounced around everywhere. I'm like, I can be a chiropractor, or I could be a marketing specialist. Mm-hmm. Like it, I had no I, no idea. And then I decided, you know what? I like working with my hands a lot. I'd been in the building trades program, and I job shadowed an electrician. And I was, I just decided, you know what, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to be an electrician. And everybody freaked out. My uh, The guidance counselor at school and every single teacher that I told this to all said the exact same thing, and it was, you can't do that. You're too smart to not go to college. Think about your future. And I was even told by one teacher, don't you want to be able to provide a living for your future family? Oh, uh, yeah, because you can't do that as an electrician, as it turns yeah. out. You can't do that unless you go to college. And uh, I I haven't looked back. Yeah. I'd, there were a few times where I was uh, slightly disappointed and the biggest was thing, questioning myself. The biggest myself. thing you miss out on is discounted st- software. Well, I, it was whenever, yeah, <laughs> whenever, I, uh, whenever I was seeing pictures of Chase, whenever he was at Liberty University and He's partying it up down there with Jerry Falwell. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm seeing all my friends that did go to college and they're having so much fun. And here I am working seven, 12 hour days on a construction site. I'm like, you know what? They were all right. But, but you were, you had the the funds to prove to yourself that this was a, this was a good decision. You know, then I bought a house and you know, it went okay. I think that, I think the tide's kind of turning though, as far as cultural attitudes, because I think growing up, that was very similar, uh, to my upbringing. And I, I'm glad I went to college. It's not, I shouldn't have went to college because without that, I wouldn't be where I'm at now. Um, but it's just not for everybody. It's not a universal thing where, where the Democrats and the left lose me as somebody that's open minded is that they want to make college a universal. All right. Whoever can go to college can go to college. And it's just, it's just, that's not really how this is going to work going forward. Yeah. It's not, it's not uh, a great idea because it's so it's, it, it, if you, if you take something special and then you flood the market with it, it is no longer special. And we already have projections that by 2030, 65% of jobs in the United States are going to require a four-year college degree. 60 That's a lot of jobs. A lot of the jobs out there are going to require a four-year college degree. If college becomes a, a right instead of a privilege and it is afforded to everyone at no cost, you have no skin in the game whenever you get it, then imagine how much higher that number is going to go. Right. And the people that, that don't make it out of college, the... the uh, uh, 37% of American college students that don't actually graduate, uh, what happens to them? Where are they going to go? What jobs do they have? Well, they'll, they'll eventually migrate to some other place as far as in, in the workforce. But I don't know if you're, you're familiar with like this old house. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. watch it every week religiously. 
And I'm, the, I'm more of an ask this old house guy. Oh, than okay. this old I like house guy. I like both because it takes me about an hour to drink coffee on Saturday. So I'm drinking my coffee on Saturday, watching this old house. And then one of the things they've really promoted. Richard Tithui is my guy. I don't know Richard, about you. Oh yeah, big Richard uh, fan. I'm a big Norm guy. Oh, yeah. you old man. Uh, yeah. Norm, Norm, and uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, they've lost Mason completely <laughs> once again. They're pushing. He has no idea. I'm, one of the big one of the big mm-hmm. initiatives that they're pushing is the trades. The trades that yeah. there are so many people that are in the trades now that are going to be retirement age, like oh, for sure. Norm. Um, you know, people of that age. Tommy that Silva. Retiring. Tommy Silva is going to retire someday. It's like um, we, sh- there mean, should be hero cards for these men. But who's so, who's going to come up in the trades and be because there will be tons of jobs available to people, well, and it's well, not. I mean, I I've, I've been on the construction sites yeah. and I've seen it, and uh, you have older folks who are in their late fifties, mm. starting to get towards sixty, and a lot of those guys are really really smart. They're very intelligent. Uh, of course, I was in the electrical industry. I was an industrial electrician, yeah. uh, so running big pipe for wire and things. And a lot of those guys, you they, idiot. they they don't run math. electricity through pipes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> that's where the internet comes out of. Comes what out do of I the pipes. know? It's all pipes. Ah, <laughs> uh, dang it! I've been a plumber all this time. <laughs> You've been a Richard Trithune. <laughs> yeah. So they, but a lot of these guys are really, really, really good at math, and. Then you have the people who, if there were younger people on the construction side, a lot of times I was the only guy. I was the only one that bridged the gap between. You were in charge of pairing yeah. their iPhones to their cars, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, the, I was. I was one of the only uh, millennials on a job site for multiple times, yeah. and it was if a, another young person did come on the site and they were going to be a construction helper. And then half the time they they were the the bottom scrapings. They had been in a lot, a lot, a lot of trouble in their past, and they just needed something that they could make money. Mm-hmm. And not not that those people shouldn't have jobs, and not that those people can't be good at construction jobs. But we it was if, a last if resort. it continues on to on that balance. If it continues on that path, then you will have such a great imbalance of all of these people who were really, really intelligent being replaced with with people that this was just the backup plan of the backup plan, mm-hmm. you know. And they and they don't really care about the trade or their job, so they just do it for a paycheck. And you don't you don't want those people on a construction site for a couple of different reasons, or in your house, or yeah, <laughs> whatever. It it, just makes yeah. it. It's not. It's not a good working environment yeah. whenever if so, a site gets inflated with them. So let's attempt to uh, divert back in so we can keep this under five hours today. The, Probably not. We, we've looked at we've looked at trades. We've looked at the you know the the headwinds that you have as a student today as you're as you're coming in. Uh, modern policy, current policy, and this is what got Sean booked on the show this week. Was his views. One of the presidential candidates, this, this is kind of the cycle we've gotten into here on the show, is we look at these presidential candidates who are mostly the Democrats, because there's not, there's only the one on the, or the, well, there's one and then there's a fake Republican on the, on the uh, GOP side. Um, <clears throat> by the way, that guy watched me, me and Dakota speak once. Um, <laughs> he clapped for me. He did. He was very proud of us. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, totally off topic, but we have these policy initiatives that are coming about and one of them is Senator Elizabeth Warren. Um, who is talking about student loan forgiveness. And she has a plan that she's rolled out that Sean says, hey, 
let's actually have a conversation about this because one side is trying to do something and talking about it and might win on the issue, whether they're right or not. And Republicans say, well, you need to be self-sufficient. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's the the boiled down version. Yeah. I mean, the self-sufficient message is uh, important in life, but for something that's so, so pervasive in the system, self-sufficiency is not going to solve this problem. And the fact that there are some on the left that are actually this saying that this is a real problem and that everyone else on the right is saying, well, this isn't a problem at all, or I'm not going to say anything at all about it um, is really discouraging. I think there's fiscally responsive, responsible ways to address the student loan uh, debt issue. Um, And I've, I've heard it said a lot uh, in the, the YouTube videos that I've been watching this past week. It, Everyone keeps saying, keeps comparing the looming student debt that is over the country, which is at $1.3 trillion right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep comparing it to the, uh, the housing bubble mm-hmm. and whenever it collapsed. And they say, you think that was bad? Mm-hmm. Just wait until 80, 90% of students are defaulting on their yeah. student loans and well, they can't declare bankruptcy. You can't. Yeah, I was going to say, federally, you cannot. They are with you until you're dead. You've either yeah. paid them or you've died right. or you are incapacitated. But right. There, right. That's are, the only way you get out of them. You cannot bankrupt them. There are a lot of college students that, or past college students, that they don't pay them. Mm-hmm. You can't default on them, but... You just can't pay them. And the reason that you can't default on a student loan or claim it in bankruptcy is because the government says... They've guaranteed it. Well, they say, um, uh, well, there's no collateral with an education. We can't steal your education back from you that we paid for. So there's 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 nothing that we can take back, which you probably can. I mean, the science is probably there now. <laughs> we can probably erase those, that past four years. A little ML, men in black thing, right? Yeah, we're just going to take this back. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh I I do think that it's an issue and I think that it's important to be brought up. Uh so Elizabeth I, Warren wants to go in and re- eliminate 640 billion dollars worth of federal student loans. Right. Saying you could uh if you have a household income under $100,000, you could have $50,000 in debt canceled. Yep. And if you if you are a household making more than 250000 then you would have to apply to have your portfolio uh, combed through with a fine-tooth comb and then see if you would actually get student loan forgiveness. Oh, but you still wouldn't get the full 50000 So, in theory, let's, let's just talk about this for, for a half second and take this policy somewhat seriously. What happens to the family that makes $130,000 a year, $130,000? Say $120,000 a year. If you have two people that went to a four year college, mm-hmm. let's say that you're hoping in 10 years out of school, right. they're making 60 grand a piece. That's right. not an unreasonable expectation. Now they're over her $100,000 limit. What happens to those people? Well, I think, I, I think this is one of the weaknesses of the policy is that it's tiered, right? Mm-hmm. So that if you're on a lower tier, I think it goes, doesn't start at a hundred thousand. I don't think, I think it starts lower than that at like 50,000 or something like that. But if you're at a certain level, you'll get a certain amount forgiven, and that's decreased as your income increases, um, which I think is a real weakness to the to the um, 
to the plan because the people that are the higher wage earners are the people that are going to be owning the small businesses, yep. driving economic development in local communities yep. like this one. They're the and, ones and, that are feeling the boat anchor of right of this. And, and, it, and most yep. of the time, those folks are the ones who uh, are, are the lawyers that are making more than yep. that. And they they went to school for a really long time and amassed more student debt than the guy that can't pay his for his associate's degree and then makes 50 grand a year the all of this debt what it does is it does and studies have shown this that it puts off milestones in your life mm-hmm. you buy a house later you get married later yep. you have kids later if at all um and these are all things that that slow the economy right mm-hmm. that you know as you're having kids they're coming along faster we need you know generations instead of instead of replacing ourselves every 20 years now we're replacing ourselves every 25, 30, 35, 40 years. Mm-hmm. So we're almost missing generations of American right. population that could be producing. Right. Right. They, yeah. Um, and Elizabeth Warren, she, you're already late having kids, Dakota. Uh-huh. And I'm twice as late. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right on time. <laughs> <laughs> you're just an overachiever. Well, Mr. Wearing a suit and tie. Wearing a suit and tie <laughs> to the boss. I'm hog. a lawyer. I wear glasses. <laughs> Those are stuff glasses. He doesn't really need them. These don't have any lenses. In them. <laughs> Clark Kent over Hips there. Glasses. Uh, she does have a, she does have a plan and I'm using air quotes whenever I say that. And she proposes a, a 2% tax um, on, I think it was net, the net worth of the richest 1% of Americans. Um, which was it's always those same people getting picked on. Yeah, every time. Know, How many times can you milk the same stone for for old man yells at rich people? Uh, they, yeah, the it, she's proposing a two percent tax, and it's not on income. It is on some type of work, and they're not calling it a tax. She's calling it a levy. Yeah, I mean it's the <laughs> yeah. tomato, tomato, but at the same time, <laughs> levy um, is theft. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, the idea is at least she's proposing something. Whereas Donald She's J. Trump, talking about it. Donald J. Trump has not pr- proposed. He, this has not been an issue he's talked about at all because he's like seventy and he doesn't really care about what happens to the when planet he, in the next he went 10 to college. Years, it, he it was two thousand dollars, and yeah. he was he went, the son of a billionaire. Yeah. So there's he, no he went problem. to Wharton in the seventies, right? If it literally does not affect his family or one of his rich friends, he doesn't care. Yeah, and this has been your anti-Trump moment. <laughs> <laughs> I got it in. Is there theme music? No, of course not. No, there's trains. So I, I do have a list <laughs> of the, the pros and cons of her plan that that I was able to pull. I, I used uh, the Levy Economics Institute from Bard College. Um, that sounds the, like a fake college. That sounds like Trump University. The the College of the Bards. Um, the, like an oblivion or something. Yeah, Bard, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, they they had issued a, a paper that had some interesting numbers in it that said uh, let's break this down by the numbers and see what the what this could impact if if her plan actually went through and then the manhattan institute um they released a similar study but it was all just trashing it like this is a horrible idea so i took three bullet points from each of them um so we already talked about college debt is linked to uh, delayed milestones in adulthood so you get rid of the the debt maybe we would return back to these traditional milestones. And you'd have people that can spend money, do start a business or do buy right. a car or, or whatever that they're so It's similar on. to what we talked about with uh, Eric Schonsberg with the universal basic income right. last week, you know, right. Like, it does tie in. 
Yeah, so they also said that eliminating the student debt would actually increase the net worth of the average American household. And, of course, duh, because they no longer have crippling debt. But they also say it could send $1.1 trillion to the economy over the next decade, which is a lot of money. I uh, think that's kind of conservative, too. Yeah. I, that was, yeah, it, I because Medium, Slate, some other left, like... The hard left leaning websites that I was looking at, they, they always had it like in the, the 1.6, 1.7, somewhere around that range. But, uh, the bards, it's said, hard, it's hard to project out of 10 years. I understand yeah. that, but I think that, um, certainly would be a, a net, a net gain there for sure. Uh, yeah, just like we were talking about with Eric. Um, and then also the increased amount of disposable income could help more young entrepreneurs start their yeah. businesses. Uh, they also said that it can lead up to 1.5 million new jobs in the United States um, per year. 1.5 million new jobs per year, not in a 10-year period. They were projecting that mm-hmm. every single year after uh, student loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you saying this is the one time a broken window liberal policy is going to stimulate the economy? Are you agreeing <laughs> with this? You're no, on just, board with this? I'm just pointing out what this uh, what the Levy Economics Institute has to say about it. Are you buying any of this, Mason? Mm, 1.5 seems a little steep. You going to be, you pulling a Democrat ballot uh, this November or not November, next May. We'll get through it. You going to pull that lever for Elizabeth Warren. Mm. My lady Warren. I'm with her. Well, it is, (laughs) it is the one time fix. I mean, you don't theoretically, you can't pull the rabbit out of the hat again. Uh, because it's just not there to be had. Right. And that was, that was one of the cons that was brought up by the Manhattan Institute. They said it. Oh, don't think that we won't raise, uh, we won't get in student loan debt after this. Right. As a society. I mean, systemically forgive it again somewhere else. You would have to overhaul everything. And I don't think that there's any Democrat with enough political clout to do that. Um, especially with Congress as it is now. And by the way, how unfair is it to everybody that went through college like I did? That's, that's just like a minute. Yeah. That went to two years of community <laughs> college and was a commuter student and suffered through and worked and, and found found scholarships and found ways to, to work for an employer that paid for it. I would say this. And, that scrimped and scraved and, and, and had no money to start but found a way to get through without student loans. If it's something that improves the economy generally. I want mine. Well, there's, want, there's a lot I of I want things. my $50,000 the, uh, check. There's a lot of, there's a lot of Republican or, or libertarian policies that would not necessarily affect me that I would support because mm-hmm. it, it betters the economy in general. But uh, there, there will what, be a, there will be a side of the economy or a side of the stakeholders that are going to say, they're going to raise their hand and say, I want my cut. Or you're no longer a yeah. stakeholder if you don't own debt. I, I'm in the society. Well, it's, <laughs> what, what, let's, uh, Louis C.K. has has that quote of the only other the only time you should look in your brother's cup is to make sure he has enough. Not that's, to ask. What that's what get. Louis C.K. is known for. Yes. Are we allowed? Quote, to, are we allowed thing. to quote Louis C.K. <laughs> I don't anymore? Know if it's time yet. This is your podcast, it, not mine. I don't know if it's. <laughs> He's I don't touring know if, again. It's okay. I don't know if enough time has passed. Listen, he apologized. Louis C.K. He's Mason, touring again. Was a was a comedian who used to be widely accepted as funny. Extremely f- famous, and then Me Too happened. Yeah, I, I, I don't know the story. I, I, I know a little bit of it. He was, was alive then. Okay. He was, yeah, he was, I was alive able a year to read ago. Then. I'm going to just explain everything to him. George W. Bush was a war criminal president. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, they, uh, the other he was concern, probably president when you were born, wasn't he? 
Yeah. <laughs> the other concern, and I, I think that this is actually the biggest concern from the Manhattan Institute, and I was uh, talking about the 2% levy on the 1% wealth right. uh, would actually not come close to paying for the proposed right. solution. It would raise $275 billion, and she needs, what, 640 and the top one percent are pretty good at not paying taxes. <laughs> the so. important thing to remember, That's the other thing, because they got <laughs> the federal dang government lawyers. A little slippery. The federal government <laughs> never pays for anything. They don't pay for wars. They don't pay right. for tax cuts. Right. None of this. Twenty years ago, when you're proposing this, this stuff actually had to make sense and match. Right. Katie barred the door. We're we're adding a trillion to to one point sure. five trillion a sure. year in debt. We're, it does not matter. We as voters don't give a damn. Doesn't have to tie. We don't practice accounting. Doesn't yep. matter. It's a non-starter. Well, when the banks come in after the the financial crisis and they say, well, either you give us exactly what we want or there's going to be martial law in the streets and there's going to be blood in the streets. And then it's going to be bloody. And then they get exactly what they want and they get the golden parachutes. And then you have a whole generation of people really struggling with this, looking for a real solution. Mm -hmm. And then you have a whole party that just does not care at all about this. I find it really troubling. And I think that the Warren proposal is problematic. And I think that it would have to require some wide sweeping systemic change that nobody has the stomach for. What it's going to take is a a comprehensive uh, list of things that from after doing a a multivariable analysis of what, what are the true reasons and what are the things that we can immediately fix and what are some of the things that that need to be fixed as we continue down this road? Right. It's not going to be the Warren plan is just slapping the band aid on the, symptom, on the, the six inch cut. Yeah, the, um, they also said that you know, listen, the federal government has so many other obligations, and we can't pay it. We're twenty two trillion dollars in debt, and Social Security. Medicare, Medicaid are expected to be deflated in by 2035. Why are we talking about trying to implement new taxes to pay for new programs? It's, it's what, it is what they because wound up ending the argument on. In 10 or 15, 20 years, you're going to have real civil unrest over the fact that all these people have defaulted, cannot get credit now, and yeah. are just stuck in wow. this re- in this existence. And, and then uh, it's you know if you listen to Andrew Yang, all those people are unemployed because their is, jobs have been taken by robots. This has turned into the most second, the second most sad and depressing part of the show tonight. Yang gang. Um, <laughs> oh, he, oh, oh, he are you remember the Yang gang? He addressed his followers as the Yang gang. Yeah. on a live stream. It's like a Reddit thing, apparently. But I'm too old to know a, about Reddit. A, Do you know about Reddit Yang gang at all? It was a four- yeah. I know about Reddit. I'm not, I wasn't morning <laughs> on. Boss. It's like what about it, Yang gang? It was actually. I, I defer to our relative or our uh, resident young person. The Tide Pod Yang gang. in the corner. It was actually started on 4chan. <gasps> 4chan. Uh-oh. Yeah. There's a, it's a hotbed of and the, the reason that it, it started over there was it was you know the all right now hates <gasps> Trump if you don't know because oh, they he turned on him. Yeah, because he's in so uh, he's he he's supports Israel so much and they hate <laughs> Jews so they. So, so now they hate him. So then they said, listen, uh, everything that we want, uh, nothing, uh, even this guy we loved isn't able to deliver. Right. So let's just keep things going the way that we hate, but we might as well get $1,000 a month. So, the, so that was the start of Yang Gang. So the alt-right turned into Yang Gang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We've seen 
generation after generation has said, okay, we're in so much debt, we're going to be in debt. It literally is the proverbial kicking the can down the road. You mm-hmm. just want to have your life come and go before we have to pay the piper. That's that's what's happening here. Mm-hmm. So we we restructure the debt, we borrow it, and we just hope that we're dead and gone before it becomes a problem. So we're twenty two trillion in debt. Uh, the the one serious proposal we see out there right now is this: Hey, we're going to free up half of the debt for the individuals and take it on on the federal side, which is very problematic. Mm-hmm. What other solutions are there actually out there? Are there any other serious proposals, Dakota? Yeah, there are a couple. Uh, one of the ones that I actually really liked, and Gary Johnson talked about this during the 2016 campaign, and he got a lot of hate from the purest libertarians. Uh, was he he talked about Oregon's pay it forward, pay it back program, which was uh, enacted over there in 2013. But basically the state pays for the students to attend an in-state college for four years. The state pays for it. And then once that student graduates and they start working, then the student pays back the state in a form of just like, it's, it's just added on to their taxes. It's automatically taken out of their paycheck. And that is based on a scale of how much you actually earn an income. So, so that we, is that really dovetails into Purdue and what Purdue's done yeah. back of the back of the boiler program. Um, one That's another, another that, one, one, yeah, cool proposal. One that did not make the list. The state of Tennessee, if you go to an interstate school, your first two years are, are free. Yep. So you you go your you get student, an associate's you go to, degree. Yeah, you get an associate's degree. There's no cost at all. Um, so back of boiler is something that uh, Purdue came out with about two years ago. Uh, in their program, you have to be a Purdue University student. It's not available to freshmen, but it is for sophomores uh, on up. Um, you have a you get an interest free loan uh, up to say five thousand dollars, I think, per semester, uh, somewhere in that range. We'll, we'll say five thousand for now. We'll use round numbers. Five thousand bucks a semester. Uh, you can you don't have to use the whole thing. If you don't want to, um, and you do not pay interest on it your repay is 10% of your income until 10 years has gone by or you have paid back two and a half times what you borrowed. So it's interest-free. Yep. And the, these are private individuals that these are, are choosing to back Purdue these University. These are Purdue University alumni that are yep. funding this program. It's an investment for them, and, and that's why it's called back a boiler. You're, you're a boiler alum. You put money in a pot, and then Purdue as a community decides that they're going to fund this. It's a voluntary program. No interest. The nice thing, the appealing side to me is, okay, if you graduate from college Mason at 23 years old, 22 years old, no matter what you are done with your obligation in 10 years. So you're mm-hmm. 32, 33 year old, you are free and you're good to go. So that's, the, that solves the, I'm saddled with this. I can't get rid of it. I've got it for life. I can't bankrupt it. You're good. And you can also pay it off early. So if you land the job where it's just insane and you're going to do insanely well, say you borrowed $20,000 through this program, you pay back $50,000 and you're free and clear forever. You're good. Or you pay 10% of what you're making until you've paid back two and a half times or you get to the 10 year mark. Any of those. This is not necessarily completely designed to replace student loans, but it's another tool in the toolbox um, that I really think is, instead of having the federal government pay for this, right, mm-hmm. you're using mm-hmm. the Purdue University, the Alumni Association, the alumni program to do that. 
and there's a, and they're making money on it. Also, proposals of of not forcing um, state or private colleges to curb the um, amount of faculty faculty they have, the amount of buildings that they build, which is where a lot of our cost comes from, is the outrageous amount of administrators on college campuses now, and um. But there is, there are ideas rather of encouragement from the federal government of, uh, we have these grants, but you hired this many more people last year and raised your tuition rates this much. So you're automatically taken out of the equation for this money. Mm-hmm. And doing so, the idea is everybody's going to do what Mitch Daniels has done at Purdue and freeze their tuition rates and decide we're not raising costs because we're going to find ways to trim the fat here, mm-hmm. which is absolutely amazing that Mitch Daniels is, is doing that without that other type of encouragement coming mm-hmm. from uh, coming through. What is it going on seven years that he hasn't raised the tuition? So. It's, it's been a decent amount. Yeah. And every time something like that comes along, he shoots an email to us. Um, just recently, they announced the tuition freeze. And I'm going to find that. They announced the tuition freeze through, I think it's like 2022. Um, so you're going to pay the same throughout your entire so, college program. Yeah. Well, until I get into grad school, because Purdue University does uh, like two years, <laughs> two years, um, grad school. two years undergrad. I'm going to be Dr. Mason if everything goes okay. Um, but yeah, I am going to be kind of a doctor. <laughs> You're going to wear a white lab coat, right? <laughs> it counts. Doctor, uh, <laughs> no. I'm kind of a lawyer. So, so. Says, uh, <laughs> that's all good. So this coming year will be the eighth year. So seventh previously through 2021. But also, um, it says a 2.5% merit raise pool for all the faculty and staff and all staff on the campus making less than 75000 or less receive a one-time $500 appreciation bonus in the spring. And they've actually been cracking down. I always hear on campus about like, oh, there's a meeting tonight with, you know, board members and alumni about the tuition freeze and how much longer he's going to be able to do it. Um, I also heard rumor, but like it hasn't been like announced. He doesn't take any. um, He works for free. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. (laughs) No, he doesn't work for free, but he doesn't take um he doesn't take a salary from paid for by the school. It's he takes a lot less than he should. Yeah. I mean, so, he only made 130 grand a year as governor and y'all give him free housing up there. Yeah, right? he lives right there off the campus and You ever visit him? You ever hang out with Mitch? I kind of want to have dinner with him, but you should try to make that and happen. And he's not a hard guy to find. He looks like John Andretti. It Make that happen, bring him back as a guest. Yeah. He doesn't I I would love to have Mitch Daniels here as a guest. I'm gonna try that. I would I just for the occasion, I would put one of those little stickers on the back of my truck that had the has the caricature peeing on the my man Mitch thing. (laughs) Be like, oh sorry, sir. Uh did you see my truck? (laughs) I had uh, pulls up, sees that drives away. (laughs) When Mitch was running for governor, it was one of the most interesting. It was two thousand four. I was a college student. And he came to visit my school, yeah. and I signed the, uh, the bus. I signed the bus. Yeah, yeah. I, he came to Ivy Tech in Muncie at the time. It was a big deal. Um, yeah, all right, it was a big deal. Yeah, so then, very impressive. Then guy. we have the Yang Gang proposal. Uh, so Yang and, Gang, Yang Gang, <laughs> a- Andrew Yang has proposed uh, to make student debt. He's got uh, basically these uh, these four steps to his plan. 
He wants to make student debt dischargeable in bankruptcy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that started getting harder from Jimmy Carter, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and he says that uh, he wants students to make payments based on a percent of their income, and he wants it to come out of your paycheck just like a tax. And then he wants to eliminate all interest rates on subsidizing as well as unsubsidized loans. So he wants to make law, even if you get a personal loan paying for your college, there is no interest rate. That's never going to happen. <laughs> why Why would you have any incentive whatsoever to make that loan? You wouldn't. If you are, if you are Chase Bank right. and you're offering student loans, you're doing that because you Out of are the goodness going to, of their heart, man. You right. are going to no, make private, money for the, for the bank. Privately, it'll know? never happen. It'll never pass. It's, but it's, if you are still saying that the federal government should be in the business of providing loans, I think that's something that a very liberal Congress could get behind and say, we're going to do that. I mean, I guess there's deeper philosophical questions as to should the government charge interest on student loans? Should the government being student loan interest industry in the first place? Right. And when he when also, you get into, he also wants to increase yeah, the bureaucracy around college <laughs> tuition. So he wants, he wants you to go, he wants there to be a group of people and they say, uh, Purdue university, Mitch Daniels, you have to drop your tuition rates and there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. So that that's the, that's the Yang gang proposal. And then there's also the proposal of, uh, you know, Mitch McConnell yeah. and president Donald J. Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is the old do nothing, proposal. do nothing because yeah. you're not a bank or a coal company or whatever we're going to care about. I'm like, uh, are, Man, you're, you're crowded out. That, that I, my I problem got, is, is that I when you axe to grind, don't I? When you <laughs> when you have <laughs> federal student loans, tonight. there is no aggressive marketing of student loans. Nobody's trying to be your student loan company. Right. It's, it's a, not, a it's a last resort, and you're not competing. It's not. Hey, here's these 15 banks that want to do business with you, and they're trying. It, it's not. They're not on TV trying to sell you student loans. Right. They're not. They're not showing up. At places where the people that need to make a decision on a student loan are, that is not. There's not a market for that, and I think it's because we have these super cheap student loans mm-hmm. from the federal level, right? And they are, they're no risk. There's no people take them that should never take them. There's no prequalification, or and I, I feel like this is an opinion from me. This is not based in fact, but I don't, and I I don't think it's a stretch. People get in programs that they shouldn't borrowing that money. Mm-hmm. You end up with mm-hmm. two hundred thousand dollars in right. debt. And it would be a program that would never right. be able to earn enough to justify that. Right. And I think that if there were if there were libertarian principles in place, we wouldn't have a government involved in student loans to begin with. So we wouldn't necessarily we wouldn't have be in this, this problem. This type of a problem. Maybe but we're a, pregnant, right? Let's may, solve it. But yeah. we're here so now. Here we let's, are. So let's double down on it's so free for everybody. Well, I, I, I don't agree with that either. Um I, I think that one of the things that I I really think about is that for, for the higher income earner or someone that has is a young professional that they're doing all right, but they're, you know, they're paying a lot of taxes, make student loan interest deductible. It's yep. not costing the government anything to allow me to deduct more from my taxes. Like the, the limit is like $2,000. You guys know this per year. Yeah. You get, you got a tax credit. The first two years I had, yeah. I got a tax credit of, 
it wasn't a deduction. It was truly a, you know, what I paid in taxes right. I got as a, right. as a straight up credit off of my taxes. So my, you know, I deal with like this deduction that's just absurdly low. And it was probably set around the Civil War or whatever. <laughs> but it's never changed because nobody cares. I mean, that would be something where you're not handing anybody money. You're just allowing people to keep more of their money. After the right. most recent tax reform that happened, yeah. um, I would be interested to see what number of people actually were able to itemize. But not it's many. a very difficult number many. to get to itemize. You would have to have yeah. – after the, after the latest tax reform, it would be – I don't know how many people – Definitely nobody in the targeted classes of Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren. You could mm-hmm. make it all entirely tax deductible mm-hmm. and still probably not get enough to want to itemize versus take the standard deduction. Oh, yeah. Because you would have to be paying. I mean, it would, it would be off the charts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Off the charts to the point where you probably weren't able to make your payments anyway. Right. I, it, 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 am I crazy? Anybody? No, 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 no. I mean, that I would just, on the right track. the, the theory, yeah. I mean, cause it's like $20,000 a year, right? Your, your standard deduction for a couple, it's like 22,000, 24,000. Yeah. Yeah. So you would have to have it's 12 for singles. So you say you've got a couple, I, I just, maybe, maybe if you're a ridiculously generous person giving, mm-hmm. giving and you can take mileage, it would just, it would be so difficult to get to that number that it would be the extreme to me. I, I, I don't it's difficult dis- to get to that number regardless. Right. But, but I think I, that even if you had student loans in, I just don't know that that's a, there's a certain cap as to what you get credited for or allowed to deduct. Right. And that cap shouldn't exist. Right. But I, I'm saying even yeah. if you remove that cap, I don't think it solves the problem. If you really want to make mm-hmm. that matter, I think you need to give it as a, t- as the credit. So the tuition okay. paid, because there was a number right. where you could take a certain amount off in tuition paid. Right. That's where you would have to make it a credit instead of a, instead sure. of a deduction. Yeah. I mean, these are policy questions that libertarians and Republicans should be talking about. There like, should be no like, income tax. Taxation is well. <laughs> Boom. Atta bomb. That's you, like, you just solve this little hey. uh, fly sweater problem with the atom bomb. Well, there we go. Just there, real quick. Problem fix. Real quick, Forbes uh, article. It says 9 and 10 are going to claim the standard deduction under the tax reform. Yeah. So you're looking at 10% people itemizing. Yeah. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty optimistic as well yeah yeah, yeah. definitely for sure but <laughs> yeah i so can't here's a i i don't see i you need to be in a multi-million dollar house i mean it would just be insane to have enough interest to do that mm-hmm. to, to the areas where you get it it's just not or, or medical expenses you know you, you had you wouldn't you had be able to write off, medical expenses i guess you wouldn't be able to write off all of your it wouldn't solve the whole problem it would just relieve pressure on on people I feel like you'd fill out a form and feel like you got something. You get on the back end, you just be pissed that you're like, oh, damn Not it. Enough, I saved yeah. all those receipts and it meant nothing. <laughs> it meant nothing. Yeah. But Nancy Pelosi got to celebrate. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just so, Debbie Downer today. Here's man. a, uh, uh, to, to cap off our conversation about colleges, a little fun fact for everybody. The very first graduating class of Harvard University was in 1642. Mm-hmm. And it was when in, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. It was close. There were nine men. Only nine men in nine the men. very first graduating right. class. So is that even a university then? This is like that's just like mm-hmm. a just nine these nine yeah, guys a, like was, a book reading. It was club. in their hearts. These it's, nine <laughs> millionaires I mean, built a castle. What, what they were really like, is that? Is we're that going like, to put our books here and give ourselves it, it, a university was a collection of books. To, it was a library. In in seventeen ninety, <laughs> I think you just said, Hey, 
I'm a lawyer and nobody, right. I mean, there was no, yeah. there wasn't a bar. Yeah, Abe Lincoln wasn't passing the bar. I'm sorry. Right. It, it was like the, uh, you go around, you say, I'm a lawyer. This is, this is, f- there are five lawyers in this room in Lincoln. Like being a, it's, being it's a doctor. You walked into a, a town in uh, the West and you went, Oh, so uh, my name is uh, uh, Jonathan Schwarzenkopf and I am a great lawyer from the city of New York. And they were like, my head hurts. Wow. You should do cocaine about it. That's about, that's the, yeah. All right. So we've solved everything. Uh, yes. Congressman Pence, I'm glad you're watching. I look forward to enacting all of the laws that Dakota promote. That's true. And if you listen to this show on the, we are libertarians daily side of things, then, uh, this is the end of the program for you guys. You can listen to the rest of it at boss or search for us on your favorite podcast player. Or maybe it'll be up on YouTube by the time you listen to this. Who knows? Uh, Just want to say thank you to Sean. Thank you. And as well as Mason, both of you guys for coming out and talking to us about uh, student loans and the cost of tuition and both of your very relevant experiences. uh, BossHogOfLiberty.com. We'll see you all over there. And that's the edit mark for Dakota. But we're not done. (laughs) It's like we were simulcast with another radio show. Yeah. All right, now comes the... We're done with the national side, and here comes the local side. It's like whenever only, Bob and Tom plays the uh, local car commercials. It's, on only, it's only two more hours of the show left now. <laughs> That's true. So, so we, we only have a little bit of news, and this is going to come from our Newcastle City correspondent slash reporter slash producer, uh, Mr. Slash, slash City Council candidate. Yeah. Mr. I, Chris I wear Covey. many hats, many hats. You went to the Newcastle City Council meeting... Monday, May the 6th. I did. Um, there wasn't much on the agenda that I There's really... nothing on the agenda. No, there was. There was something on the agenda. They but... closed city, the, the city down this week, right? All of the city was shut down for Just for, for May reasons. 7th. Just for the primary election that didn't happen. That was great. But I no, need you to project. I can't, you can't whisper. Oh, I'm so sorry, Jeremiah. Here. Are you, are you feeling okay? My, my allergies are rough right He's now. been sneezing and <laughs> coughing. <laughs> like... Okay, an example, when my allergies get bad, I turn into the dude from the Goonies. Like, my eyes swell up, puff up, and then just close, and then I just want to sleep. Everybody just thinks you're high. It's a possibility. (laughs) But no. Make you candidate. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Make me the councilman. No. Uh, May 7th, they closed due to the fictional primary elections that we held. Uh, 100% voter turnout. That's what I'm hearing. It's great. Uh, but no, May, uh, Mayor Greg York gave a update on the 1400 Plaza, uh, said we're really just a, a week of good weather away from having the parking lot done. Uh, well, until the final coat can go on, he said. Um, it's just they've been averaging two days. It's a plaza, not a parking lot. It's, it's a plaza because they're going to add a mm-hmm. nice little amphitheater down on the other end and... The farmer's market's going to take the parking lot. Because the arts park isn't right next to it, right? It's, oh, that's not city-owned. <laughs> it's not. It's it's across the street and down a little bit. He couldn't buy it, so he decided to build his own. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so so the big action item was that the uh, the city approved uh, matching funds for the community crossings grant, so we're going to get all the roads paved? Uh, Is that correct? 
I knew there was something on the transportation. <laughs> Grant's filed. Oh. All the roads should be fixed soon. This yeah. is as long as my roads fixed. That's all that matters. <laughs> I'm a selfish capitalist. Wait, um, wait a second. Wait a second. Where do you I've live? Been, Where do you live? A, he's lives in Millionaire Row over well, by the cemetery. He's in. Yeah. He's over there with all the doctors and I lawyers. Throw a rocket heralding your old house <laughs> if I wanted to. Well, then I tell you what. I'm not taking care of you. You're not my guy. Oh. If you throw a rock at him. It, it, at that old house, it'll yeah. come right through the ceiling. Yeah, could be. It, it's got glass. It's, Literally, they have the, glass uh, houses in your neighborhood, sir. There's, there's this the old sign given, in front of it. <laughs> didn't he uh, give an update on the financial sign? Yeah, of yeah. 1400 Plaza? So the whole entire 1400 Plaza was billed out at $1.2666 million. Was the <gasps> estimated cost? I know. I don't know if he said that. How many that sixes? Many. I don't know if he said that many. Sounded satanic. I don't know if he said that many sixes, but it was pretty close. Anyways, uh, $1.2666 million. Uh. Um, but anyways, uh, the bathrooms were slotted for 260 of that estimated cost. And he said that they were going to be looking at about $40,000. Here's the problem when um, government builds things, Sean. But uh. it was $200,000 was scheduled by the contractors because I guess they get paid by how much the actual project What are you, hourly? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The problem whenever government overtakes these, or they undertake these giant projects, uh, the contractors know that it's government funded and they just price things out of the water expensive. Way more expensive than what it would be like Hey, that's uh, a my lie. Name's that's not true. They, they competitively name. bid it. If the, the companies, it's not yeah, the government it's, out there. It's not city employees building it. They had three that. or four companies come together and they spec'd it. And they, it's the private sector is building it. It's not yeah. like you have thirty-two city guys that don't know what they're doing that are trying to build it. But uh, you are I'm, fake news, Dakota. That's Davis. not what I'm. That's not what I said at all, though. <laughs> I didn't say that city councilors were out there trying to build it. City employees. That's not what I said. Oh, I feel like it is. That's not. You what should I said really publicly apologize to, to Mayor York and all of the people <laughs> on the city council. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not giving any apologies anytime soon. I've done nothing wrong. And that's how I'm going to sign off. I'm not even going to say what I was going to... I'm done. When I'm you done. guys talked about the election day and the trash pickup last time, um, my trash usually gets picked up Wednesday morning. And, of course, I didn't put the, the trash can out there because I knew they weren't coming by. But my wife saw that everybody else on the street had our, their trash cans out Wednesday morning. And she knew they weren't going to pick up the trash, but she felt like so she that didn't want to be con- the outlier. We wanted to conform, so my trash can's going to sell. We <laughs> must conform to the, to the ire of uh, Mary York. I've heard he doesn't like to have the trash can sitting. I up, think so. you can get fined if you leave your trash out no. for more. You than can. A day. You can. It's a hundred dollar fine. The law is only. Well, well, Boy, they could have made some money off on this video on yeah. Millionaire Row. There, huh? Exactly. Boy. I, you know, I follow the Courier Times and they pr- print accurate and uh, important <laughs> information. And I read it thoroughly. The guy prints one extra zero one time I and know. it's the Sithy Council all over again. It's Give him a break, the, it's Sean. It's not even the paper's fault. Et tu, Sean? No, I wouldn't turn on, <laughs> I wouldn't turn on Travis. <laughs> all right. Travis is solid. So we are getting to the point. I'm sorry. We'll check with Mason. Do you have a, a Spiceland City Council update for us, Mason? I think they meet in June. We'll figure it out then. But <laughs> not much going on there. 
All right. We may get a cop eventually. I, a police I, officer. You do have you one. You do one. Well, we I have haven't one. seen him. His so name is we'll Matt s- Pierce. He's a huge fan. He's a Patreon member. I like uh, to call him other words. He still has not caught me blowing through the stop sign next to the church. <laughs> they no, but I don't think... It, I, does anybody... Nobody stops at it. It's over. No. They just need to remove it. So I, I was... Be a hero. I, Be I, a hero for the show. If it disappears... It appears. It will be in my dorm room next semester. If it if it disappears <laughs> and reappears behind Jeremiah, this is so. What we said to uh, we had a former Greensboro town councilman on the show, Dakota Clark was on, mm-hmm. and he was complaining about the the stop sign on the south side of Greensboro that is for somebody's driveway. And I said, "You were on the town board. Why didn't you fix this problem?" <laughs> and he's like, "I forgot about it. I didn't know." <laughs> So sometimes it you just, just takes, bring it up. Sometimes it takes a local hero to reopen 14th Street or to remove a stop sign that should have never been there to start Listen, with. Listen, man, I have low voltage gloves. Well, if that's I the case, go we'll up there meet up there 1130 tonight. I'll bring the, the wire. For the Why are you saying don't give them time? <laughs> no, we went over this last time. We don't conspire on here. <laughs> so the, rolling. Put I, the conspiracy I, on the film. I learned a really interesting uh, tidbit about early spice on history. And everyone that is listening, that has listened to this show and is listening to the show is going to find this pretty funny. Um, in the early days of the Spiceland Town Council, it was decided that the town would pay for street lamps. And, you know, this is uh, way back in the early 1900s. They said, the town is going to pay for street lamps. Uproar happened in the town of Spiceland. We don't, not in my backyard. Are we having these street lamps? Those street lamps will give you yeah. cancer, man. So because will. of the protests of the street lamps, uh, it was decided that the street lamps would only be on until like uh, eight p.m. Mm. Yeah, and then <laughs> a lamp, and then a lamp lighter has to go and then they, shut them all and off. And they, they shut them off because back in that day, it would have been gas. Yeah, gas, gas lights. Lamps. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. God. I thought that was hilarious. How much? How ridiculous is that? And then we no like, one like Walmart humanity with the self checkout. Walmart with the self checkouts. <laughs> yeah. You are taking away yeah. somebody's job when That's you right. when you electrified those. Now we don't have to have a guy to turn them on or turn them off. I don't know where to buy buggy whips anymore. There's really not a good market not, for them. I just I don't know. All right, we are now into final thoughts. There's We've- specialty sites for things like whips. Mm. And stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dakota has I'll a link. Check out. He's got saved in the in the. He, it's favorite. It's favorites. Like Dakota at bdsm.net. Get <laughs> <laughs> all whips, chains, any sort of leather thing you need. Masks, uh, leather daddy. It's after eight o'clock. It's safe. Mason, do you have anything prepared? And yet there was a no hitter in baseball. You you used to be an athlete. Wow, what made you think I changed? That was insulting. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I did notice on the Instagram you were... You I'm were so at, sorry for my co-host's rude behavior. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I did notice you, you have been uh, going to the uh, the ballpark. You've been practicing. Take some BP. Uh, I do coach a 13-year-old um, travel ball team out of Noblesville with one of my friends, Greg Guffey. Are you a professional? Are you on the take? I'm I'm close. Listen, man, you need to hit up some of those Noblesville parents about the well, back of hold on. One of our kids' dad is a brain surgeon. A back of boiler, so he's gonna have to back me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I did do you explain to him it. that you are a contributor to a very popular radio show, and perhaps we could be brought to you by surgery by Bill. <laughs> We, I, could, we could talk about the usually when I do speak to him. It's I hate to say it, 
But I'm really not thinking of about the balls hogs. You'd be like, but next time, look, Timmy's not going to make the cut if he doesn't <laughs> if he doesn't listen to me when it see, I say hold up at second. Is he a base runner? The kid? Mm, no, no. He hits well. <laughs> Better hope the dad doesn't listen to this. Just tell him He's to got- hit the Amazon wish list. That's all we need. <laughs> hit it. Yeah. So what's going on this summer? Are you uh, you looking for an internship? Are you I'm bailing hay? What's going on? at CVS as a pharmacy technician. My God. So You're we're like every a, other future pharmacist. We're making uh, some money moves. Making strides. Are you in Knightstown or Newcastle? Newcastle. Can I buy my Sudafed there? money moves. Or, because I, I, I shared this on the show a couple weeks ago. I think maybe it was on the Patreon side. But I went to, the Sudaf- to, to buy Sudafed because I was legitimately not well. On, on the south side of Muncie, and they're like, "No, we CVS will not well, provide that to you here." Probably because you're in the south side of Muncie. They said the only store you can get this at <laughs> is really Tillotson was. on the nice, nice side. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I have a job. I left my office. I'm dressed for work, and it was just nope. You got to drive ten, well, ten more minutes. Sometimes the people at South Muncie or have a job also, and they're dressed for their type of and work, and they're and doing their job, and it. And v- they're trying to do their job. So I'm lab, just trying to find out. Workers. Can you get me? Can you? Uh, so I think if you yeah, walk but the down ones to that the have CVS, a, the ones that have the jobs also have cars. I'm just saying, can, can I just drive to the one? Can on I buy exactly. the legal maximum of Sudafed from my boy Mason this summer? Now I'm not gonna. S- yeah, yeah, you can. You can yeah. come and just I, say do you it's get the cut? legal amount. Make right? a legal it's the purchase. Legal amount. <laughs> I am here to yeah. make a legal purchase. <laughs> you may have to get it, um, you know, behind the counter, but. It's over the counter, yeah. I mean, well, it's an to, OTC, but right. I think we may keep it back there for reasons. Yeah, the pharmacist has to be like, "This is for the guy in red." <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So I mean, we'll be and fine. then your and then your driver's license gets scanned, and you feel like a criminal, and you go, "God, I hope I didn't buy too much." And, and then, then it says you've had point three grams, and then your runny nose just goes away, and you're fine. I'll tell you what, Sudafed is. I, I I'm sure that it can do terrible things. But it works. Like it, it is can make meth. So well, I think know, here in Newcastle, I think. I'd say uh, it's you throw it's a toss up what they're using that Sudafed for. I, so I didn't buy batteries and anhydrous. I just <laughs> no, you don't Sudafed. buy it all in the same place. You haven't learned anything from Breaking Bad. Yeah, no, I, I, you got to rob a train. <laughs> Where's my train music? Now they stopped manufacturing in Newcastle. They cracked down on that. Yeah, Sean's off to that. I'm I'm on to manufacturing methamphetamine. I just oh. <laughs> in my professional capacity. Dakota is getting messages from his wife. Mine has given up all hope, but now his is That's his right. is checking in. All right. Anything else? Any more final thoughts there, Mason? I'm all right. Anything to promote? Um pay for my college. Back a boiler. Back a boiler. Patreon <laughs> Patreon.com slash Mason for college. Back a boiler. Producer Chris. Um yeah, I had something. You're gonna be uh you're gonna be volunteering tomorrow, right? Or Friday? Yeah, I will be volunteering at the cleanup in Castle Heights um, in the afternoon. I know in the morning they are cleaning up Memorial Park is what I was, if I remember correctly. They're doing that in the morning, then they're coming over to Castle Heights about noon. So I'll be there for a few hours. Uh, If you want to come out and see me, talk to me, hug me. Meet you. Meet me. Buy him dinner. No, don't buy me dinner. Mason, if you buy dinner, Mason might come hang out with you. Who? Uh, who? This guy? If you, yeah, guy. if you buy that he, guy, he's look at him. He's a student who might be able to get the day off school and work for you. You might want to treat him nicer. Oh, look at him! I don't. Maybe. He's not going to drive down from Lafayette. 
I'm he I'm promised home. it's the this summer. Guy, this guy promised to help my campaign four times and never showed up. I, hey, I, it wasn't <laughs> four best kind of people right there. <laughs> I even bought him a t-shirt, but I don't um, have it yet. No, that's that's all I've got right now. Oh, no, I would like to thank uh, on the air the uh, forest junior leaders for inviting me out to help mulch emphasis. I'm struggling today. <laughs> oh, that's your problem. That the, it, the, the outdoor time got you. Yeah, that and going to little league baseball games for my nephew. Um, they kicked my batuti. Springtime is just too much for Mister Guffy. <laughs> Man, you wouldn't believe it. You should go see Mason and get some Sudafed. So Maybe when he becomes a don't real get me in trouble. Person. I'm not even. I'm not even halfway there yet. All right, we shall move on to. Have Sean. you started learning about drugs yet? Are you getting anything pharmacy related? <laughs> kind of. I mean. I had a pharmacy orientation class. I mean, oh, something else, real quick. Okay, the we've, city we've of Denver. On. I know the city of Denver has decriminalized. Look at that! My producer stealing Mushrooms. my final thoughts. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> back up, back up. Oh, taxation is theft, and so is it's not on the notes. Every it's single not on the thing notes. that uh, if it was on the notes, you still didn't read it, Guffy. Ooh, Ooh. <laughs> never do. All right, Sean Rao. Guys, it's been a pleasure as always. I love being on here. It's just been fun to even talk about a depressing issue like student <laughs> loans and our uh, permadebt uh, that will uh, outlive all of us. But uh, it's it's been a real joy uh, just staying busy practicing the law in Newcastle, Indiana, doing the good work, working uh, to defend the public as a public defender, and privately uh, doing defense work and. And family law, and I really enjoy being here, working here, and it's kind of just moving along. Just kind of in a point in my career where everything is more or less the same now. It's not so new and scary and shiny, and but we're I'm still enjoying it. So I need. You, did you ever watch Arrested Development? Did you? Oh uh, yeah, the, the first run. Yeah. So this season, there is a team of attorneys called the Guilty Guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've got now. I got to watch it. Please, yeah. please. I'm a big Bob Lawbaugh. Fan. Yes, but Bob Lawbaugh's there. <laughs> Bob <Lobo>. um, <laughs> Scott Bayo, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Barry. Uh, Barry. Yeah. Uh, Barry Zuckercorn, maybe. Barry Zuckercorn. Yeah. And are, uh, you, a, are you an expert in bird law <laughs> by any chance? I, I am, maritime. I law. dabble. I dabble in bird law. Uh, bird law in this country is so screwed. It's up. not governed right? by reason. It's, it's not, not governed, governed by, by reason. reason. <laughs> That's the quote. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many great just yeah lawyer references in uh in in popular culture that I get a kick out of all of them because I can laugh at myself and in my profession as much needs to be laughed at but no it's just keeping on keeping on. Whenever you're in court, do you wear fake hands so that it makes you look more masculine? I feel pretty comfortable with the size of my hands. <laughs> you do have pretty big hands. hands. No you have pretty Hold on, hey Sean, what is your favorite lawyer movie? Uh, There's only one uh, correct answer to this. Oh gosh! Well, what's your correct answer? Lincoln. No, I was going to say that. Asking you, but <laughs> Mason is. <laughs> so, what's your birthday? What? I don't know if I July thirtieth. Favorite not lawyer movie. Um, <sighs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. No, no. it's <laughs> my cousin Vinny. My cousin Vinny is the one that's like always referenced when I did Moot Court. So Moot Court was like a pretend. Uh, competition where you would go up and argue in front of a fake Supreme Court, and um, yeah, my cousin Vinny is always a classic. But that that scene 
where she's like, nah, I can't be this guy because so-and-so and so. And you're just like, yeah. why does she know this? <laughs> I love, uh, I do like Lincoln Lawyer though. With McConaughey's accent. You lied to me, Lewis. You lied to me. <laughs> the uh, in, in Arrested Development, there is a lot of A Few Good Men references yeah. this last season as well. Um, oh, it's great. And then the the uh, there's, a pros- there's a new prosecutor, and I'm trying to find her name because it's a joke, and I can't. They just do so many good oh, things with so... just people's names and references. And, and it's really one of the most tightly written sitcoms since Seinfeld, I think, just because everything connects. It's a joke a minute. It's, yeah. it's so. But everything is interconnected, though. Yeah. Yeah. You've got it. It's. Like Sonny has those non sequiturs where, you know, it is ne- nothing ever follows up from it. Yep. But, uh, no, it's. It's. It's good. I am. I'm desperately scrolling, trying to find the name of the prosecutor. In the right. last season, well, and while I don't you're have doing it. that, I'm going to move on to my final All thoughts. Right. Final thoughts. The, the uh, city Dakota of Denver. Thoughts. Thank you, Sean. You're welcome. The city of Denver in the uh, state of Colorado, they had a historic vote on Tuesday. They were going to vote whether or not to uh, decriminalize psilocybin mushrooms or magic mushrooms, mm. and um. This didn't make it perfectly legal to have them or to like sell them in stores. It just said, we're not going to use any more of the city's resources prosecuting people that get caught with psilocybin mushrooms. And they took it to a vote and it did not pass. Yeah. So Guffy said it did pass. It did pass. What? Yeah. Turn around. Why, yeah, why is there fake? Why do we? Why can we not decide on this? Hey, because being fake news, because it passed last night. by one thousand nine hundred like twenty seven votes. Wow, they, it was so close. They originally thought it was going to fail. Yes. Yeah, because whenever I was watching it last night, all of the news anchors were going, "Well, it didn't. It's not passing. Psilocybin mushrooms are not happening in Denver this year." So it's it a, was like it's a decriminalization bill. Yeah. So that that it's a city ordinance where the city police officers won't enforce. Yeah. Uh, criminalizing what just marijuana or, or, or no mushroom so, talking yeah. shrooms, magic now. mushrooms, magic mushrooms. Yep, they're a big mag- they're, magic they're, mushroom problem in Denver. <laughs> I think at but, this point they're trying to basically, I think Denver is trying to create the um, the reality that yeah. they are drug tourists, the, 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 yeah. the Amsterdam of the United States. So, everybody else, there's like five or six well, other states on. that have that have created. Drug, you know, you fact it, it's a drug me? haven. Little Chris, he's we're taking click, 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 click. He's trying. He's trying. He's efforting. I'm still trying to figure out what the name of this story was. Um. Oh, hold on. No, what I'm looking at is, since 2005, magic mushrooms have been legal in New Mexico. Okay. So. It's not like it's that new of a thing that uh, we have decided psilocybin mushrooms uh, shouldn't be criminalized. Right. I mean, you can lay but, down on the ground and be in Colorado and New Mexico at the same time. I've seen it in a picture, especially if you're on magic mushrooms. <laughs> All the states at the same time. You can time. be in every state. <laughs> okay, right. yeah. In 2005, the New Mexico Court of Appeals decided that growing hallucinogenic mushrooms was not illegal. You can totally grow boomers in Albuquerque, bruh. That came from the article. And and you can get your blue meth. All right. Two final thoughts for me real quick. Uh, Indie star Greg Doyle wrote a, an article that made me cry at work today. And I messaged him and told him I was pissed. And he said, thank you. Um, But 
basically Chuck Pagano has come back to Indianapolis after his uh, after his cancer. And uh, I, I'm waving to Libby. My father-in-law says I need to wave to Libby. Uh, so hello, Libby Potter. Uh, we'll be there as soon as we can. Um, Chuck Pagano has come back to Indianapolis 16 months after they fired him, and he's raised uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. They, I think there are mm-hmm. 12 cancer researchers on staff in Indianapolis mm-hmm. because of the Chuck Strong movement. Uh, so it's a really big deal, uh, really, really neat uh, that they've come together. And I think uh, the general manager and the head coach of the uh, Chicago Bears, along with Pagano, are coming down to this gala. It's tomorrow night. Uh, you can make a donation online with their with their deal. But it's just really touching. Um, talked about it's the human side. Obviously, everybody has a job to do, but uh, a really good article. So go buy the Indie Star today or uh, or jump online and, and take one of the free articles. But uh, worth worth checking out. Uh, Greg Doyle, and it's uh, the Indianapolis Star article about uh, Chuck Pagano coming back to Indianapolis. Uh, the other thing, we've been joking around with the uh, the issue of – Somebody, my phone is trying to update as I as I pop something up here. the The waste of a primary, right? The this municipal primary thing, and the Democrats and Republicans uh, essentially get to get free data. Uh, everybody that goes in and says, "Hey, I, I want a Republican ballot or I want a Democrat ballot," that goes on your permanent record and it lets them market to you. So the Democrat Party and the Republican Party know exactly who pulled their ballot and who is likely to vote for their candidates in the fall. So they have a captive audience of people that they know are going to turn out. We saw ridiculously low voter voter turnout. All of the polling places get sta- uh, get uh, staffed in a community. Uh, Tom Furkinoff, who was a show on this show last month, said in Winchester, Indiana, 116 Democrats showed up. They held an entire city election. 116 Democrats showed up to cast a ballot in the entire city. Uh, Beth Steiner uh, uh, messaged us and gave us information. She was a poll worker in North Vernon, Indiana. She worked as a polar, uh, a polling place uh, judge, I guess you would call it, or a precinct worker. She covered two precincts. There were a thousand possible voters. Fifty-six voters came through the doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They waited there all day. They paid those people over a hundred dollars a piece. Fifty-six voters showed up. It is time for us to stop subsidizing the parties and and doing this work for them, especially in municipal elections. We need to get rid of these completely. The local parties should be able to solve this on their own. You're going to have 56 voters show up. You're going to have 116 voters show up. Mm-hmm. Stop spending money from the community side. It's not re- it's not required. We we spent a couple hundred bucks ourselves, and we found our candidates, and we got candidates in the fall in the Libertarian Party. Democrats and Republicans can do the same. Yep. So that's my rant. Um, I have a one some- quick more note over here. Okay. I really want to say thank you to uh, Angela Showalter, the official barber of... The Ball Saga Liberty. She did this nice style today. <laughs> Dakota. Oh, she's got your, and I tell you, Dakota mentioned this, that they should rename it to VIP because they really do give you the VIP service there. The VIP at the MVP. <laughs> yeah. They give you a, a hot towel and then they give you a nice little neck massage at the end mm-hmm. and it's just glorious. Wait a and minute. you don't have to pay for it either. You get a neck massage? She just started doing it. She, Angela, <laughs> Angela Wait. went to a barber expo in, in Nashville. Nashville. She told me about that when I got my last haircut. That's she went down and learned stuff. that, huh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she also told me that mullets are back in for guys. Yes, they are. Actually. Never left. Um, 
Yeah. <laughs> Never left. <laughs> it's party everywhere. Party. So, All right. But also with party MVP Barbershop, Clay Morgan is back full time. So make sure you go see our friends down there. Very exciting. All Mitch right. And the boss hog. That's enough of uh, this. We are back on a Thursday next week, everybody. Thursday, mm-hmm. May 16th. We're going to talk local business. Uh, we have uh, Sean Default. Default. Uh, who uh, I got to hang out with his kids last night. He's got some real good hardworking kids. They were there last night at the uh, at the courthouse helping us out. You didn't introduce me. Uh, you know, they're all just children. You don't need to worry about them. That's true. They're not voters. Anyway, we're going to have him on the show next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, going to talk Chamber of Commerce and local business. Uh, following that on, I think it's going to be a Wednesday or Tuesday night. Nobody remembers. Nobody knows. We'll, we'll let you know when it's time. But we're going to have race night. We're going to have the Indy 500s coming up. Ooh. It'll be the uh, the week of the race. We're going to have a race night. So we're going to have some fun with that. Dakota's going to play Tetris or something. He'll be here to oh. keep the streak going, but he won't really try. Until that, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network, and I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to wearelibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at wearelibertarians.com. <laughs>